Hello, everyone. George Watkins here on our Sunday night blessing time. Just a time together to enjoy the good things of God, <clears throat> talk about the merits and the benefits of a loving father, and some secrets that he shares with his children. Along the way, we enjoy some relationship together, some fellowship, getting to know one another a little bit better. Sunday night blessing. Some of you, I'm sure, if you're a little younger, have not <clears throat> had a background in the Sunday night church service. And that's where this thought comes from, is the, is the uh, Sunday night meeting together. There was uh, not very many Sunday nights in my life that we didn't go to church on Sunday night. Now, the original idea of a service on Sunday night came somewhere, I believe, in the earlier mid-1800s when they were operating uh, factories uh, seven days a week, and some of the workers couldn't come Sunday morning, so they started a Sunday night service, and that became a tradition. And of course, when Pentecost came along, it picked up that tradition, and it was a hard, fast rule that we uh, went to church on Sunday night. When I was a, a young person, a kid into my teenage years, we had church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, we did house to house calling or, you know, knocking on doors and so forth. And then we had Tuesday and Thursday night service. And then we had a Saturday night street meeting and prayer meeting. And then back to Sunday. Church was our world. And I don't say that in any kind of despairing way. It was a way of life that raised up generations of people that love God and love the church. But societies have shifted and changed, and Sunday night is just about gone for going to church. Very difficult to find a church open on Sunday night. Personally, as a, <laughs> a seasoned veteran, I think it's a waste of good property to leave it closed. If I had my way, I'd be doing service every day. Well, that's the evangelist in me, I guess. <laughs> so, welcome to our Sunday night blessing. I'm going to talk a little bit about deconstructing so God can construct. Tearing down so God can build up. Getting rid of something so God can replace. Giving away something so you'll get more back in its place. That's the thought for today. We may not take a long time to do that, but I just didn't want to miss this Sunday night blessing with you. Amen. Deconstructing. Now, I've got a, some show notes below, or at least the, the notes on the thoughts for today. Deconstructing the God you know that so that you can meet, so you can be introduced to the God that you will meet, something like that. <laughs> I When I read it, wrote it, it was uh, clearer than that. Deconstructing the God you know 
so that you can meet the God that you're going to know. Now, that sounds a little confusing, but I deal with people every day that have an idea of God that has no nothing to do with the God that I know. They have an idea about a God who's looking to find fault in them so he can give out punishment, break legs, and have car crashes, and give them cancer, and kill their kids. That's not the God I know, but that's the God they know. And because of that, they don't want fellowship. They want to stay away from him. They want to go to heaven. They don't want to go to hell, so they got to put up with a mean God. Oh, come on, folks. Deconstruct that. Tear it down. Let the Holy Spirit help you tear down some of your old theology. Now, that may be a little extreme for you, but there may be some things in your life that need to be torn down, some grandma's, you know, theology from the past. I'm not picking on grandma's. Thank God for them. I'm married to one. (laughs) But some of the things that are passed on from church to church and person to person about a God who's looking for trouble, a God who's trying to find out how to put you in hell. And he'll do it. I mean, my goodness, when I was being raised in our Pentecostal church, we could go to hell for some small infractions, drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette, going to the movies. If you were a woman, you cut your hair in some places of the nation, some of the Pentecostal and holiness that came out of the holiness movement. They would send you to hell for cutting your hair. Wear the wrong color dress, you could go to hell. Oh, my goodness. What kind of God is that? But that's the God that's been passed on from generation to generation in some cases. Now, any of you listening to me don't believe that. Thank (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. And you may think it's extreme, but I'm reaching for someone who needs to have their idea of God taken down so God can give them a, a... image, a picture, an idea, understanding, a revelation of who God really is to them. Strip it all away and come into a fellowship, an encounter with a loving father that will absolutely blow your mind, as we could say or do say. That would amaze you. That would go beyond your speech. You couldn't describe the love of God. Amen. How rich, how pure, how measureless and strong and and strong. Okay. Now, how do what do we do? Give it, give it, give it something away. Now I, I made an illustration of the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is only a taker. It doesn't give. It's just a taker. It takes in water and refuses to give it out. And because of that, there are no living creatures in that sea. It's dead. It's known for one thing, dead, dead, dead. (laughs) Okay, well, that gives us an idea then that if we're going to have an intake, we need an outlet. There needs to be some kind of outlet. So here's principle. Here's a principle. Given it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Now, that's the flow you have. When you get something in, you give something out. A hoarder, someone who gathers and never gives, ends up in a house or a, some kind of dwelling place. They, they're, they're living in a small little tiny corner trying to 
have room to sleep while the house is filled with trash, junk, garbage, and yet they consider it to be treasures. You see, that's the hoarder, never gives away. Now, how about forgiveness? You receive forgiveness by a generous father who is loving you and he will always forgive you. But if you never have a release of forgiveness to someone else, then you become stagnant, dead water. Your whole life begins to implode until you have no spiritual joy. You have, I'm not saying you're going to heaven or hell. That's, that's not the issue. It's the living, the life that God, you know, desired, expected, you know, created you for. But it has to do with that flow in and out, in and out. So the give and take, the give and take where if you receive something, you need to make room for something else to come in its place. And when we take in so much, I mean, my goodness, how many thousand images do we take into our eyeballs every day? How many words come past us? Even if we're diligent and we're searching to find out truth, we take in things that have dead sticks in them and, and, you know, man's idea. We don't know it. It sounds pretty good. But after the Holy Spirit shifts it out, we find out, well, that doesn't really sound right. What do you do with it? You let it out. You give it, you don't give it away. You get rid of it. That's deconstructing your ideas about God. So God is good all the time. God is a loving father. He will never stop loving you. His righteousness is a one-way street. He gives it to you, never takes it away. <laughs> well, John said, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So we can have unrighteousness begin to, you know, fog up our windows and put stains on us that God says he'll take unrighteousness away. He didn't say he'd take righteousness away, but unrighteousness will mar and hinder and slow us down and cause us to be all goofy. <laughs> all right. Now, everything that we do in our own works needs to be gone. We need to deconstruct that. If I have to do something to please God, that's not God, that's man. If I have to, you know, hold my mouth right, never go to a movie show, never wear red, never, uh, you know, do some things that the church said was sinful. And I could have gone to hell as a kid for playing pool. It was a sin. And if you sinned any little sin, down the tube you go. That's not the God that I know today. I had to have a deconstruction. I had to tear that God, that, that image of God down so that I could, I could walk with, live with, have God live in me, a loving father that has one thing in mind to bring me to my conclusion, my final bloom. <laughs> I haven't bloomed yet, folks. I'm still in the bloom. <laughs> and so are you. Let God 
fulfill his desires in you. Amen. Now, this whole thing about works, man's works, things we do to please God, it's huge. I mean, it's it's in, infested everything that we do sometimes, including giving money, tithes, and offerings. If I don't give, God won't bless me. Okay. you can, well, We can work that out later, but if you're doing it as a work, if you go to church to please God, if you, uh, you know, whatever you're doing, you think God's going to love you more. He's going to help you more. If you pray harder, he'll help you better. Watch out. That's from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's works. Well, Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on the fact that he loved the world. So my believing, if I turn it into a works, I have to confess, I have to repent, I have to do all these obligations before God loves me. No, no, no. God forgave you and loved you long before you have opened your mouth. What you're doing is believing. That's receiving. That's another word for receiving, isn't it? If you believe, you shall receive. So you and I then, Galatians says we are to rest. What's resting? Means I'm just going to stop trying to do it myself through good works or overworked. I'm just going to receive what God's done for me. Okay, taking down some of these things that we think we have to do. How about uh, sowing and reaping? Sowing and reaping. Um, How about Peter and the net that he cast on the other side? Those were actions, but they weren't just works. Peter cast his net on the other side of that boat all through the night. But when it was a direction of the Lord, it was not works. It was obedience. And if we are doing things out of obedience, it does. it's not man's works. It's obedience to the direction of the Lord. Amen. He's given us a command and a direction to love one another. So, my loving you and my loving people is in obedience, not in works. I'm not loving so I can have favor from God. I'm loving to be obedient to the direction of the Lord. When he says give and it shall be given, I'm not giving out of works. I'm giving out of obedience because my heart then is at peace. I'm not striving to please God. Well. That's my thoughts in a nutshell today. Sunday night is a good time to talk about the good things of the Lord. Amen. So I'm just checking some of my notes here. I had some scribbled down some things I wanted to share before we're through. Now, the scripture says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, I've taken that as a as a day-by-day experience with the Lord. Often I'll look back in my life and pick up some regret 
and some, oh, I should have done it different, and why didn't I see that? And I'm quick now, took a while perhaps, I'm quick now to remember that that's what I understood at the time. That's all the Lord gave me. I didn't know anything else. I did what I did. I was walking in the light I had. Now, years later or days later, sometimes I have a revelation or an understanding now that I can't do that. That's not, if I do that now, I'm walking in disobedience. If I do that now, I am not obedient to revelation. So if you'll just walk in what you understand tomorrow, next week, next year, you'll have an understanding that's greater now, greater than, you know, than it is now. That's called growth, maturity, <laughs> increase. <laughs> but it's all done in rest. It's all done in just love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. That's the two commandments he gave. <laughs> Amen. Did you ever notice Jesus knocked it down to two? Because we can count to two, you know. He knew I was coming along. So George, George just needs, he, he needs two. That's all he can count. Amen. Well, a little joke there along the way. Amen. All right. Well, I want to bless you today with that. And meanwhile, don't forget to tune in this coming week at uh, early, early mornings. We're there every morning, continuing on just to spout the good things of God and encourage the folks. Hallelujah. Now, don't forget, if you haven't checked out some of our other activity, you'll find we have a web page down below. You can go look at some of our things. Also, YouTube has all the archives of the last thousand videos we've done in the last four years. If you have, uh, if you want to do some good um, uh binging on encouragement. You can take a deep dive into those 1,000 videos that take you a little while, but it's a good journey. I know I've enjoyed it. So that's in the um, that's in the notes below also. You can find that. And if God's nudging you to send us a financial blessing, you can also find PayPal or our address there. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your encouraging words. Thank you for your friendship and for your teamwork in the kingdom of God. Some of you, I don't know, but I know if you're in the, in the kingdom, loving Jesus, then you're doing the work that builds us all together. We work together in this. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May his countenance radiate from your face like it did from the face of Moses. You watch people be amazed at your generosity and your love for the kingdom and love for them. See you in the morning. God bless.